0: The Institute for Person Centered Care. This is Ann Garten and I am hosting today Laura Kopp from KSI, our Centers for Active Seniors here in Davenport. But we're gonna talk a little bit more about how who and what you serve in our in our community, right? I wonder if you take a moment and um, introduce yourself. Tell us a
1: little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. My name is Laura Kopp, and as you mentioned, I'm the president and CEO of the Center for Active Seniors here in Davenport. Um, I'm originally from Youngstown, Ohio, as we were talking earlier, and I've been in the community for a little over 20 years now. I've raised my kids here and just absolutely have fallen in love with the community. Um, I've been with KSI for a little over eight years now and um, learning something new every single day, which is what we try to do with our seniors as well. So um, it's just, I love you here. And it's just been a great opportunity for me. Excellent. Welcome.
0: I have to tell our listeners, we were talking a little bit beforehand and Laura and I went to rivalry schools in Ohio because I was a zip for a couple of years. So um, always fun to connect with people uh, beyond the Quad Cities and how we end up here and really becoming part of our community, right? Absolutely. So We've got 46 million older adults, 65 and older in the US, right? And that's projected to grow by 18 million by 2030, um, is my understanding. And about 15% here just in Davenport are 65%, Right? right? 65 and older. So why senior centers beyond the numbers, Right, right. Why, right, Why are senior centers important to us?
1: You know, I think first and foremost, and, and, and I won't belabor the numbers because I don't know the numbers, but research does show that older adults that have access to the services and supports offered through a senior center do of, do often report a um, greater life expectancy, greater life satisfaction. They tend to have better health, health outcomes. And when you think about it, a lot of it has to do with socialization and connection and fellow As we get older, those relationships, um, whether we are widowed, whether our kids are no longer in the community, we know we see far-flung families now and not everyone's growing up in the same community. our seniors tend to isolate and especially if they have health conditions or if they have things like Alzheimer's disease and dementia, it's, um, it feels vulnerable to go out. And so we provide opportunities for older adults to come to the center, to be active, to continue learning and to have support and activities and socialization that help, help them age successfully and age well with dignity and grace.
0: Indeed. So I'm going to share with our listeners. Um, my parents are older uh, um, uh, obviously they're not younger than me, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so uh, my father has some dementia, okay. right? And one of the things he always talks about is uh, how inactive he has become and right. how lonely that becomes for him. Right. Um, and I think we see that a lot, especially with our rural population, because they might not have neighbors next door, um, things of that nature. And so uh, even our National Council on Aging shows that research does impact their emotional, mental, economic well being, um, spiritual, physical, so the whole package, right? Um, and, and I think that's uh, really important because then to understand that also then we improve the community's health. Because right. if our older population is healthier and being able to manage their, um, even their chronic disease or like you said, improve that socialization so that, that they're not feeling that loneliness, then their mental health I- improves. Right. Right. So, I wonder if you can share. We've got about 15,000 centers in the US, right? <laughs> right. But KSI right. has a little bit of a different look. And a lot of um, people, I think, including my parents, because I have not convinced them to join their senior center, right? They think it's sitting around with a bunch of old people with the TV blaring and, you know, right. no
1: conversation, things right. of that nature. So what does KSI really look like? You know, we always say you really have to come see it to believe it. We are a 40,000 square foot facility that is geared primarily to activities, mm-hmm focused on socialization, health and wellness, and supportive services. We have over 8,000 activities every year that are geared towards those activities. So we have everything from line dancing, to Zumba, to Tai Chi, to billiards, to Parkinson's support group. We really do have a little bit of something for everyone, but I think that's our biggest challenge. You know, I've run into folks that are 80 years old, and I say, hey, I've never seen you at KSI. How come you never come over there? And the two answers that I get are, I'm not old enough, and I think, well, if you're not old enough, I've not, I'm not i doing something wrong right? right? right. In, in marketing these services, or I don't need it. Yeah. And so um, there really is kind of this, um, not a discrimination, but kind of a preconceived notion of what it means to come to a senior center, and it's almost like if you admit that you've gone to a senior center, you're admitting something about yourself that is not valued in today's society, and that is getting older. Right. We fight that with every ounce of our being. And so we really do say, just come and give us a shot. We have a cafe that is kind of like a baby Panera mm-hmm. over there. You can get breakfast and lunch and I've coffee. E- it's really good. It is really good, isn't yeah, it? I is. eat there every day. And, um, you know, just come and give it a shot. It really is self-driven. You know, we. it's not like we have a Julie McCoy that's there, if you remember the love boat. Yes. <laughs> myself. Um, to myself to kind of take you around to classes at specific times. You really, you come in and it's kind of like a YMCA for older adults. You pick the activities that you want to participate in. And um, folks come and they, they love it. Yeah. They don't ever want to leave. So it really is a great opportunity for folks to you know, find what they're looking for there.
0: So and uh, you know one of the, one of the uh, activities that I love to walk in on is the, uh, the music, the orchestra, right and, right And I believe uh, and maybe it's still the case um, that some of our younger folk come in and play with, with those older they folk do and, and that reconnecting with again, the community so it's not all about the older people, uh, the older aged uh, population, but also how we as community members can
1: impact that population, right right. Right, exactly. So we see a lot of younger um, adults college age kids, and then also our younger seniors, the 50 plus crowd coming and starting first at volunteering, coming and participating in classes with some of the older adults. So there really is an intergenerational kind of aspect to what we do over there as well. We do a lot of partnering with the different educational institutions here in the community, but we do, we have a new horizons band, it's an orchestra band. You have to be affiliated with a senior center in order to do that, it is a national band movement. We have about 100 people in that band from 50 to 100 years old, and That's it's excellent. fantastic. I encourage anyone to come out on a Thursday afternoon and listen to them practice because I do practice at the center. But it's things like that that I don't think people expect to be happening at a senior center. We have a theater group. We have a chorus group. We have you know all kinds of really fun things going on over there. And part of our goal is to really turn the idea of aging on its head, to surprise people with the things that we're doing.
0: Right, I think not only surprise people, Engage them in things they've loved their entire lives, right? right? Um, we're going to do a podcast in, in a, another uh, month about aging and music and how that impacts their health um, through keeping their stimuli, their brain stimulated right. in, in ways that they always have, right? And there's and there's lots of things, the theater, you know, so on and so forth that does just that. Um, and and again, goes back to some of that that socialization.
1: We do a lot of that in our adult day services program. Yeah, so that program is a pretty niche program for folks with brain injuries or Alzheimer's disease and all the de- other dementias and music is a huge part of that because yeah. it, it, it brings back a recall. it brings back memory and it puts them into a certain place and time and um, it's fascinating to watch.
0: So and that's Jane's place. Correct? That is Jane's place. Excellent. Yep. And then tell us, uh, tell our, re- our listeners a little bit about the age. So what age are are people coming in, and how do they sign up or get interested, things of that nature? Sure.
1: So when I started, you had to be sixty five to um, come to KCI. We did away with that because we wanted people to self elect when they were ready to come, and we um, have seen great success with that. Um, our membership is free right now, post-COVID. We were closed for an entire year because of COVID. And the fact that we were providing group activities to older adults, it just did not seem very um, like the right thing to do. Um, so, But normally our membership is $30 a year. So it's about $2.50 a month. So very affordable, very reasonable. And folks can just come in and sign up at the front desk. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity for folks to come in and try us out meet some new people, and um, find some things that you love. And that's how we actually staff a lot of our activities. It's double mission rich. We invite people who love to do things to volunteer to lead a class. So, for example, our ceramics class is led by people that grew up doing ceramics. Their grandparents did ceramics. They loved it. And um, that's how we Run our eight thousand classes. So,
0: so tell me a little bit of how this is funded, right? Because we also need community support there. I right, believe, right,
1: right. And we have been we've been in the community for almost fifty years. We um, first opened our doors in nineteen seventy three, and our largest supporter is Scott County Community Services. Um, they support our Jane's Place program and our Senior Advocacy Program, which is a social work program that goes out into the community, connects with older adults in their homes, evaluates their living situation, and then connects them with the services and supports they need to remain independent to age in place in their homes. So we get a large amount of funding from Scott County. We are supported um, in part by the city of Davenport. And then of course we write grants every year and we are supported by the Regional Development Authority, Scott County Regional Authority. We have um, United Way funding that goes into that mix, but it really is piecing together together, community support from all of those different places, and then hopefully providing some services that folks will pay for at the center as well.
0: Yeah, indeed. So, and, and I want for some of our listeners who are students in public health and what have you, when they're thinking about upstream, midstream, downstream interventions, right? So we have the Olders American Act that I think a lot of people don't know much about, right? It's It was in 1965 that it was first put in place, right. and then uh, just recently they've expanded uh, or we initiated that for between 20 and 24 because of, of those needs. So there's the upstream, right? There's the structural piece, and then the services that you guys um, uh, provide and other senior centers provide are is that midstream um, uh, piece of the puzzle. <clears throat> And I wonder how do uh, those type of um, uh, s- systemic pieces support you guys to keep going? And what does, what makes the, uh, what happens with changes needed, like the pandemic, right. you know, what, what's going to happen and be needing to become more innovative to be able to keep these centers open, things of that nature.
1: Right. So that was a big question. So the Older Americans Act dollars funnel directly to the Area Agency on Aging at the state level. And then it is up to those agencies to allocate to senior centers and other home and community-based organizations. So we get a small amount of money from Milestones Area Agency on Aging to support our senior advocacy and our adult day program. That's critical because that's our only avenue to access those dollars. And it demonstrates a partnership between the state, the area agencies on aging and home and community-based services, that they really do value what we're providing in the community. They're not able to be that for everyone in their community. So that is critical. When we talk about the pandemic, I think people didn't expect senior centers to be as nimble and as adaptive as they were Mm -hmm. during that time. I mean, we closed down for an entire year, our advocacy program was the only program that remained running the entire time. As you can imagine, that's our social work program, that's our supportive program. They were operating at full and beyond capacity. And we worked with Milestones, Area Agency on Aging, to really identify ways that we could be creative with our programming. You know, let us shift that funding all to advocacy. Many of our funders allowed us to reallocate those dollars. To, um, from one program that they were supporting to the one program that was operating at full tilt during the pandemic, they got that. Um, And so I think, you know, it's important when we talk about working within the not-for-profit arena, within the senior services arena, and within our community, it's about those relationships. It's about being able to pick up the phone and saying, not just that we have a problem and we need more funding, but this is our problem, this is our solution, we want you to join us in going that direction. And so um, we were very successful in doing that. 100% of our funders allowed us to reallocate our funding and have now come back on board and allowed us to kind of get our feet back under us again. Um, As you can imagine, that's been you know a big challenge. Indeed and I think what you said in aging in
0: place right is really important to understand that we know our outcomes uh, improve as long as we can support them in their homes because everybody wants to stay home right. Right I
1: mean you paid for 30 years for the home right that's (laughs) where you you eventually want to live there. Right
0: and well you're I think it's important for people to understand too that um, it's that comfort zone as long as it can be safe um, and and uh, not increase things like fall so on and so forth then then the majority of us do better at home absolutely. Uh, right? absolutely so I think that's really important can you tell us a little bit about those social services coming into the home and 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 a- a- assessing that and what does that look like so people are comfortable with that sure
1: sure so we have six social workers and the program is free to any older adult in the community. And that is because we have such amazing grant funding to support that. And our seniors are on restricted income. So our social workers will get a referral. They will schedule an appointment to go out and meet with a senior in their home. They will um, do an evaluation of the home to check for, you know, things that may be unsafe, things that are posing a risk. Um, other issues that may put them at risk of eviction or of losing their housing, um we tend to do a lot of mediation. A lot of our folks um, live in senior living as well senior housing, affordable senior housing. so we do a lot of mediation with landlords and things like that. We do a lot with referrals for mental health um, prescription, you know mm-hmm. fee relief, those kinds of things so um it's really just building a relationship with that senior and identifying what services they may need to help them remain independent for as long as possible. And so our social workers are just the ones that are linked most with those partners in the community.
0: So let's move towards, because we are also an accredited
1: organization. We are. And I
0: think that's important for people to understand as well, related to outcomes, right? So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that.
1: Right. So we are one of only two senior centers in the state of Iowa to receive national accreditation. Our accreditation comes through NISC, which is the National Institute of Senior Centers, which falls under the National Council on Aging. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think it's really important because... I I think it speaks to our commitment to best practices. It speaks to our commitment to standards of excellence and that we are periodically and on a regular basis even taking stock in what we're doing, self-evaluating what we're doing. You know, are our safety practices in place? Are we um, diverse? In the folks that we are serving, and if we 're not, are we making attempts to you know rectify that mm-hmm. and to bring in other groups um, there 's all kinds of different um, guidelines that we are expected to follow because of that. And it's something that I feel very passionately about. Um, we did that in 2016. We'll be um, getting reaccredited in the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a great um, it's a great way to show to the community that we take what we do very seriously and we are committed to providing the best services possible for those we serve.
0: Indeed, always assessing and reevaluating our outcomes. Absolutely, right? Right? absolutely. So I think in in the last piece, pull in. I'm going to pull in myself again with my parents, okay. right? So families, um, and I think a lot of us, like you said, we don't live near home anymore and right. and we don't know what our resources are in those communities anymore. I'm, I've not been in my community for, uh, that I grew up in for over 20 some years now, right? right? So how can families also engage? I think maybe you have, or some some of um, the senior centers have senior advocates and yep. how does that work and, and, and to help support families and understanding what's available to them?
1: Right, so our senior advocates program, which I talked about a little bit, our social work program, a good majority of our referrals are coming from children and loved ones and caregivers that aren't in the community, but are worried that mom isn't eating or mom hasn't left the house in quite a few days or mom shouldn't be driving anymore, but I'm not there and I can't get there. We, I know we have one client that, um, her power of attorney and her caregiver, if you will, lives in Germany. Mm -hmm. And there's no way for her to know what's going on on a daily basis. And um, so it's about having, you know, boots on the ground, eyes in the home to know what's going on. And a good majority of those referrals are coming from family members that just want to make sure that their loved one is protected and cared for and is doing okay. So we are accustomed to working with family members and children of, of older adults that are just looking to make sure that mom's taken care of Excellent. At home.
0: Such fantastic services, probably not getting utilized as much as we would hope, right? Right. Um, so I think that's that's one reason why I invited you is so that our uh, uh, community, our providers, have a better understanding of what what it, what case I is, what senior centers across this country are, right, right. and and how they can help us anything in closing that you feel like you really want to share or um, think the community needs to know?
1: You know, I just, I, I really hope that people who hear this will take a chance, no matter how old you are of stopping by the center and really seeing what we're all about. Because I think like many older adults senior centers also face some level of ageism where they think that um, a senior center is this one static thing that no one's really doing anything it's very um very low energy it's just a bunch of sitting around and very you know slow moving and i can tell you that these folks because they come to the center run circles around me at 48 years old and, and they are living their best lives over there. So um, it's free right now. We would love to see people come out and see us and just see what we're all about so that you can tell your loved ones about it.
0: I would concur immensely. I have my uh, senior nursing students visiting. You do? I do. And they are coming out energized. So if you can be more energized by our <laughs> elderly population when you're in your 20s, I think that says a, a lot, right? I love that. Excellent. I love that. So thank you, Laura, so much for coming and sharing about KSI and senior centers across state nation
1: we truly appreciate it thank you so much for having me audio production for the institute for person-centered care podcast is provided by kala fm studios in davenport iowa the show is engineered by dave baker and edited by shelby lebo it is produced by ann garten director of the institute for person-centered care and nursing faculty at st ambrose university